Dynasty Think Tank. I am Chad Parsons. He's Jordan McNamara. We share our experience, research, and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes. Now is the time to seek elite results. News hot furnace is going. Uh, we are stoking that thing now. From now until January, essentially, we are not going to be short on news and things to adjust to, adapt to with our dynasty teams. Our big three thoughts for the week. Uh, we got some running back uh, depth charts and Colts. How can you not go anywhere from that? Which is Jonathan Taylor versus Jim Irsay. Uh, they were friendly and cordial in April. Not so much now. Uh, and is Taylor hurt? He says no, but yet apparently they might put him on the NFI. They might play hardball. And then you have amidst all of this, Zach Moss getting hurt with a broken arm and week one is in doubt, if not out of play, maybe he's already going to be on the pup list uh, for the first few weeks of the season. So you have that domino falling on the same depth chart. Colts going from deep to thin relatively quick with Taylor and Moss, uh, both in uncertain uh, week one timetables here. Yeah, um, the whole the whole Jake Jonathan Taylor saga and story. I'm not entirely sure what they're what they're doing. Like, I have pretty good confidence he's going to play. He's got every incentive to play. Right, he wants to. Like, you want to accrue this year so you can hit free agency or get tagged or whatever. Um, I'm surprised there's not demand. Right, I saw a news piece today that that said that. You know, there's teams interested. I think Chicago would make a really good fit. Uh, Chicago has to get to the salary floor, and that's why they just overpaid Cole Komet. Like, it would make a lot more sense to go out and actually spend on Jonathan Taylor instead of overpaying for Cole Komet. Would be like if you're in the business of doing that, that would make more sense. Um, I, I what's like uh, I think we're in uncharted territory legal wise because they put him on pup, and now they want to transfer him from pup to NFI. Um, which doesn't seem to like they're different lists for different reasons, for different rules. So I don't really, I don't remember that ever happening before. Uh, yeah. It seems like there was a meeting on Jim Irsay's bus that went particularly poorly. And that's right around the time that uh, Jonathan Taylor asked for a trade. He's saying he's not hurt. Like, I don't know. This is a, it's unclear to me what's going on other than it feels very much like, you know, there's been some stories recently, like basketball, especially where it was uh, guys that that were hurt or, you know, were were hurt. We're dealing with bum hamstrings. And also they got traded and they were, you know, it was like the Kevin Nash. Get out I've of the been healed. Yeah, get out of the wheelchair with his with his leg fine instead of it instead of a cast on it. You know, it had it had that feel to it. So um, I would really like to see Taylor and Anthony Richardson be a tandem. But I do yeah. think there'd be demand for him. Uh, and I think Chicago would be a really interesting spot for him. Yeah, I think finding the right spot, especially you would trade on the assumption that you're going to give him a bigger contract, you know, an extension and right. all these wonderful things. And I think what you the line of thinking you're having is is the sound one, which is you got to find a good fit. You know, a team that actually can take that on would be looking to to reach salary floors and reach certain uh, thresholds. And Chicago is a team just looking for more talent. Uh, I think would be the 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 theme 
there. It wouldn't be super exciting from a fantasy perspective, but it would pair him with another mobile quarterback. And again, two big play threats in the backfield is pretty exciting when you look at uh, stressing a defense from from that standpoint. It would happen with Anthony Richardson. But I, you know, again, it's hard for me to feel for running backs. Again, should they be? Are they more valuable on NFL teams than this? I would say yes, but he's under contract. You know, this isn't a I don't want to sign my tag situation. This is a you're not done with your your contract, and when you are next year, it will be you know, franchise tag, you will get the big payday, if you will. And I know he wants a bigger payday and he probably wants two, three years of allegiance minimum uh, with guaranteed money in the 25, 30, 35. I mean, like who wouldn't? He's one of the best running backs in the NFL. I get all this, but he's going to get 10 plus next year, regardless, you know, and it's just a tough world. You know, he was hurt last year. He's kind of got to be healthy this year to get whatever percentage shot at getting a bigger contract next year. So just to go into that side of it, are you, Are you worried dynasty wise with a Le'Veon Bell situation? Do you think there is a double digit percent chance in the pie of possibilities that he doesn't play this year, doesn't play deep into the season, that week one, not there, week five, new phone, who dis, week, week, week nine, you know, I just want to get my told season. Like, do you think we're going down, like what percentage shot we're going down Le'Veon Bell-esque roads here? It, listen, it's Jim Irsay, so who knows exactly? Like, I he don't didn't think... take his shoes off. I know it's a big deal in the RV, but come I, on, vacuum and move on. I, listen, I don't know. I, I don't. It it shouldn't like it, this shouldn't be an issue, right? Like, if it's not going to be right. resolved, trade him and get it over with, right? You have right. a rookie quarterback, you have a rookie head coach. They said they value him, but they don't value him enough, obviously, to give him a deal beyond what he has already contractually. Of course, they took him in the top forty-five picks of the draft, right? Again, this right. The whole well, thing and how like, he's played. I mean, again, right. they're getting a whirlwind deal. What is it, like a million bucks this year or something? Like right, they're getting a huge deal. Yeah, they're getting a huge deal. I, I listed, so I had six teams. Um, Chicago was one. Tell me what you think about any of the other ones: Dallas, Miami, Washington, Denver, and Baltimore were sort of my teams that I thought could be in the universe of a having okay. cap space and b having. You know, interesting need that Miami one. I think it'd be pretty interesting. Yeah. Oh, Miami. Hot. I, I call it the hot rod offense. But I mean, you talk about speed, and then you add Devin. You know, you have more speed. Just more speed. <laughs> yeah. Just you know what you know what this speed this speed offense needs more speed. All the speed. <laughs> they added Devin Ache, and they're like, we just looking forty times now. <laughs> like we just we want all the speed. Yet they gave up Mike Kosicki. I found that curious. Like, yeah, we don't even use that guy. He's got speed for the tight end position. Eh, who cares? <laughs> Who cares? It's not um, functional speed. That was their that if, was their criticism. <laughs> if you were worried about Jonathan Taylor not playing, would you sell him for? Would you sell him for a twenty four and a twenty five first? For two first? You might do that even if even if you yeah might, that that might that might do it season. right. I would take Taylor over a twenty twenty four first. Right. Okay. Um. What do you think about? Uh. I, I mean the the deal is always add him to a bigger deal to get the biggest player, biggest players mm-hmm. uh, would probably be the strategy there. Um, all right. And then also, you know, with, with Zach Moss being out, it's monitor because they might be adding a running back in free agency independent of Taylor, because if Moss is going to be out, maybe they don't trust the young guys. Deion Jackson got some run last year. You got Evan Hull coming in who could be on some waiver wires. Deion Jackson's probably already rostered. Um, so, they may look to add somebody in, and and we shouldn't think that the sky is falling on Jonathan Taylor per se, unless maybe Dalvin Cook would Dalvin Cook maybe be the one guy 
that you say he's kind of that true lead back profile at present of still got a lot of juice and could be a monster upside guy. That would be they, interesting. Well, they would, um, they would honestly but if they don't want to pay, pay Jonathan Taylor. Yeah, why? yeah, that yeah, seems the DNA there seems because because right. he's not. It doesn't sound like he's going to come in for less than seven or eight, and that's way beyond Taylor. So yeah, right, right. Okay, uh, next up chart is Seattle Seahawks, and we've got two things going on. Which is, hey, they shed Rashad Penny. Good job, Seattle. You got out of the injury business. Except uh, it's August first. Checks watch. We've got a groin injury for Kenneth Walker, and then we've got a shoulder injury for Zach Charbonnet. Don't get sympathy pains for him, Jordan. <laughs> we just talked about his shoulder for about eight minutes on a on the uh, after hour show, but uh, stay to the end. Uh, but Charbonnet, it sounds like it could be more serious than Walker. Even though groins are tricky, hamstrings are tricky this time of year. Charbonnet, with the, though, with the shoulder, it sounds like week one is definitely in doubt, and these reps are valuable. So. Walker might have a clear run if he is healthy in week one. Charbonnet might not have as much of an impact as folks might not might think right away. Uh, but, but how do you kind of assess as they're there now on the light side going through camp too? Yeah, listen, when Pete Carroll is pessimistic about an injury, that's never a good sign, right? He's pessimistic uh, about anything in life. Right. Like, wait a second. That's, He's like Ted yeah. Lasso. <laughs> I just thought of it. <laughs> Pete Carroll's like Ted Lasso. <laughs> that's good. That's a good cop for him. Uh, so, I mean, Walker could be in a situation where he's actually a pretty ascending player, even though he's injured right now. I think he could be ascending in. Uh, Just get back first. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And if Charbonnet is going to miss time, right, if this is a surgical thing, it's not entirely clear what the problem is. Right. Um, but if, you know, if this is going to be something that requires surgery and a, you know, and an, you know, an IR appearance or something like that. Yeah, there's there's a real window there for Walker to you know, really consolidate and, and establish. Well, this also, if they, if they were, if they were interested though, in adding Charbonnet and Charbonnet's out of the picture, this might be a key spot for a veteran too, because if they were willing to spend a second round pick, they're probably not going to be okay with Kenny McIntosh and DJ Dallas. So yes, those guys should be rostered just to kind of poke around and, you know, we, we do minimum bid type stuff uh, so that you get some exposure but this would be one that if it comes out Charbonnet or it might be correspondingly, hey, they're signing Ezekiel Elliott, you know, or they're bringing in Leonard Fournette. And I would just also remind folks, I mean, this has not been an optimized backfield. So you just need to Walker beat that in terms of overachieving expectations and opportunities from goal line and targets and things like that. So he certainly can. And he showed that to some degree last year, but just know I mean, they've got a lot of weapons, especially at the wide receiver position, and it's one that he may have to optimize his own touches because it might not be the situation optimizing it for him. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think the thing I'd be watching for, the thing I think that'll tell us is if they start bringing in Fournette, Delvin Cook types, you know, Zeke Elliott, like those type of guys, you know, Kareem Hunt, right? Bring in those types of guys and, and workouts, right? That might tell us something more than we're going to get First, be worried about Charbonnet, about Charbonnet and then, but they also would have someone that could step in week one, week two, if Walker re-aggravates his groin or it just isn't ready. Correct. They could slow play that. That that really would alleviate. I mean, if they bring in Fournette on a one-year, $2 million deal, it really can, they can, they can soft serve uh, Walker into things when he is all right. Because the last thing you want is an aggravation. And then all of a sudden he's out to mid season. Then he's going to try to rush and work his way back. Like, these are again groins are tricky you just want to make sure that he's right otherwise it turns into a whole season long thing yep all right and then last one again just a laundry list jordan we just told to august 
We're already here. We're already in mid-season form. J.K. Dobbins still out. No timetable. Very cryptic on what's going on with him. And you've got you know new offense. Uh, they keep adding to the wide receiver position. It's not that this is a super exciting backfield when you say, oh man, situation is just going to boost this to the moon. But Dobbins is the number one guy if someone is going to hit whatever height is possible within this running back backfield. You know, your line at the beginning, we're bringing our acumen to this. I got no acumen to offer, right? There's nothing. I got I got nothing. On the Still Dobbins. out, no timetable, no info. <laughs> no exact reason why is he's... Is this contractual? Pop- is this Dobbins has just been perpetually hurt of late for multiple seasons? I mean, he's tough to trust, no? I mean... Yeah. Um, well, until the guy's the... healthy. Until the guy shows he's healthy. I mean, you almost have to assume... Well, he's not, not, right? This is like the Michael Thomas. This is the Michael Thomas theory. We go into players, right? Right. Well, in the, like, I understand the running backs want to get paid, but J.K. Dobbins is a really bad uh, (laughs) mouthpiece for that, right? Like, Taylor led the league, you know, two years ago. Christian McCaffrey does so. Like, there's arguments for some of these players. Like, look at what they do, look at what they have done, look at what their upside is. And then you say, J.K. Dobbins, you know, looking around. Yeah. I just, I, I think I should get paid. Yeah. Like, I, so do I. But, like, I don't, like, you know it's not realistic under the circumstances. I don't know. I just, like, part of it is the argument that, hey, we're, we're going to have a hard time staying healthy. That's not a good argument to actually deserve getting paid. Right. Yeah, like, that's going to, that's going to get you league minimum. That's going to get you a yeah. one year prove it deal. Right. Because of, like, Evan Ingram, right? They were probably worried, is he going to stay healthy? Now, the tight end prove it deal was one year, like, nine million. But right. for running back, the point is, it's going to be like one year, two million or less. Right. If you have not shown durability, what did Penny get? One year, three. It's less. Something I think that? it's less than that. Less yeah. than less. Than, yeah. So, but the point is, like, he is the poster child for. We just don't think you're going to be healthy. Uh, we're we're going to take a shot, and we know that you're pretty good, but we just don't know how many reps we can get out of you. One point three five million dollars. Jordan, am I, the thing I was swirling around today, not to turn this into running back show, what they generally will if you've been with us for any amount of time, that <laughs> I was just thinking of this. Is it nutty to be in a little bit on Trey Sermon? Because look at the two ba- the two most prominent players on the depth chart. We have overt injury questions, right? DeAndre Swift, who's never been the same. And then we have and then we have Rashad Penny. All it takes is a tweak, a tightening up a little something, something here or there. And they're down two guys of, of like, we should not be surprised at all. Right. I mean, it's going to be a lot for him to jump Gainwell no. and Boston Scott. Right. <laughs> I, I, but I almost they wonder if like Boston him Scott, showing out well in training camp, but actually... he has positive reports. I mean, yeah. to say that all, if one injury, he makes the roster, another one, all of a sudden he's seeing relevant touches. Right. Like it's, or, or is he is he a trade candidate? And you know, there's open spots out there. I mean, we were talking about this yeah. before what we came trade? on. Trade for what? A conditional sixth? I mean, no one's uh, gonna like uh, they're gonna be in. I mean, who are they gonna cut? Right? I mean, that's, that's, for that's, a the, fourth. that's the that's the problem, right? Like, like Minnesota. Like I know we always start stacking up depth charts. And Dallas, we say, who's who's too right. deep and who's too shallow? Right? Yeah. Dallas. I mean, Indy. Typically, right now, like there's there's teams out there that if he shows well, like might be right. interested, and he might actually be better situated on their depth charts than than Phillies are. Yep. 
Yeah. Uh, so again, Dobbins is another one where it's just wait and see. And we didn't even cover, you know, all the running back uh, news, but those were the three. Then they uh, said Melvin Gordon, Connor by the way. Was. So that's that's right. something else I think that's worth sort of adding. Who is to viable? That. Right. Who is still on the viable trajectory? It wasn't a me. It wasn't one of the big boys. You know, the big names that we mentioned all the time. But it was from that next bucket of capable yep. veterans that have been there, done that. Yep. And frankly, we're still waiting on Dobbins to go there and do that. <laughs> right. All right. Uh, did I get enough? I want to put in some new names this week and we got a 10 teamer here for Kyle Pitts. So we got 10 teams. It's all about studs at that position, half PPR. And then we got Pitts being traded for Javante Williams and a 24 first. So it, initially before we even talked about this and I read the, I read the list of trades that you sent me, I said, this matters based on constructive league, right? I mean, this is, Right. There's some things that might make this a little bit different. If it's more of a PPR, right, you might be more interested, right? If if it if it's 12 teams, it might it's different, right? The pick's higher, right? So I I do think it's interesting there, um, in, in terms of all of that. If you're playing a 12 team league and you don't think Pitts is a true difference maker, again, he's coming off an injury. There's some stuff circulating about his knee, whether or not he's entirely healthy, right? Like there's questions about him. It, and if he's more George Kittle, if he's more Dallas Goddard from a volume perspective, how much is he going to truly move the needle for you? Right, that's the question that I would have in a non-premium format about yeah. Pitts, um, because if he's going to go sort of the route of Kittle, if he's going to go the route of of Goddard, where he's a really good player, really efficient, but never going to see you know six hundred routes, right? He might not ever make a true big time difference. Uh, and that's that would be the question that I would have. And one tight end, and then when you dial it back to ten team, even more. That's where... right. It flattens that out, and so you're going to have very available. And again, if he's not a top two guy, I mean, you can replicate that much easier. The question is, is like, what are you getting on the other side of it? Right? You get Jonathan. You get Javante Williams, who's got questions. You get the first again in a ten team league. Points, that's yeah. there's a chance that that's higher, right? You know, so you you have that as well. Um, I don't know. I would this change for you depending on sort of size of league and, and different constructs like that? Um, well, I would at least need like this to me is fair, or you know, you could take the pit side, but it's gotta be like 1.75 PPR. Mm-hmm. You know, I would say I would start there. And if it's two, it could still be a start one. It could still be uh I, I if it was two PPR and ten team, which I don't know if that it actually exists anywhere. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. a pretty strange people don't don't normally start juicing everything in a ten teamer. Um, so I would say if it's 12 team, you know, more of the, the safe leagues, you know, two PPR, I think you can still take the pit side, but I think otherwise you got to take the Javante Williams and the, you, you take the first, like, like you said, all you're betting against is truly rarefied elite outcomes for pits. And as long as you don't hit that, the other side is going to win basically every time. You're right. Just right. because, just even if Javante Williams, like even if he never truly hits as a dominant player, if that first ends up being 109, the whole point is you have those assets to do with as you please. Right. Um, and you have two outs. And frankly, if Pitts never gets home, it's a rather binary, like you didn't win it anyway. Like it could be nobody won in three mm-hmm. years, but you know, you, you, Pitts didn't kill you. Right. And, and yeah, my, my concerns are a, he doesn't have a quarterback that they're, they're going to entrust in with high volume. Even if he's successful, you know, they have a, a, a team that's going to trend towards Tennessee probably in DNA of how do we want to play ball? And then he has Drake London there and you have Pitts playing wide receiver essentially. So is it going to funnel like Miami in terms of targets where two guys get 50, 
and he he has to check all those. Right to get home, he has to do all those things. All basically, all those things need to change. So yeah, I, I just give me the first, give me Javante Williams, and I'm not even the biggest Javante Williams person out there. All right, right. we got a, a ten teamer again, super flex. Joe Burrow on the move for a pretty big package. We've got Kirk Cousins on the quarterback side, Kenneth Walker, a 24 first and a 26 first going way out there. So my initial reaction is was again, different, different question of like, it, does it matter 10 versus 12 teams? That was the sort of first thing that I asked myself, but then I sort of look at the other side and what are you guaranteeing yourself? I'm not the biggest Joe Burrow fan, right? Like I, there's some things about Joe Burrow's profile that I'm not, I don't love. Uh, he wouldn't be probably a top you know, I'd probably take Herbert over him, right? Like he'd be a top, he'd be quarterback five, six, something like that for to rank him. Um, but I do think in terms of longevity, in terms of what you're paying for, you know, Cousins will will kind of see, right? We know what Cousins is at this point. It's a chance he's declining asset. You know, we'll see a declining player. He's certainly a declining asset. Kenneth Walker, you know, is he ever going to really make a big deal? And then you're paying picks out in the future. If you're getting Burrow, that 2024 first should bounce back. And then you're paying a pick way out into the future. Uh, I don't even love Burrow that much, um, but I would take Burrow here and I would sort of reset with the assets. And again, if then if uh, it's much easier to make this deal, uh, you know, to make the, the question I would have is, have you offered this to anyone else up there? Have you offered it for Herbert? Have you offered it for Hertz? Like is, you know, and, and if this offer is sitting in your inbox, by the way, just as sort of a strategic note, if this offer is sitting in your inbox where you're getting Burrow, you take the pieces and you just, turn them back around and you don't accept, you don't decline, you don't do anything. You let the offer sit there. A couple offers out there for Mahomes and for Allen and for Herbert or whatever you deem applicable. Right. And then you hold this, even if it's for a couple hours, and then you can always circle back. And and see what it is. If they counter, go fishing. Use it as a stocking horse. Yeah, 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 no, I like that. And and yeah, so I mean, those first, you know, in a 10-teamer, again, and and the 26 is way out there. Cousins, what's he going to be like in two or three years? If Walker doesn't hit big, like we always talk ourselves out of these big packages pretty easily, Jordan. Like we yeah, always right. say, like, like, so you have a known, and then it's like we always say, Well, what are you really getting? Because you have a good sense, even if you say, Well, you know, Joe Burrow ceiling, Joe Burrow this, Joe Burrow that, he still is pretty locked in, you know, in terms of like the floor is really high, you know, and he's kind of hit the initial benchmarks to say he's gonna be around for a while. You know, and that that is highly valuable when you start stacking up how many players in Dynasty that actually applies to. Um, so, yeah, and ten team is more about stealing. Like if you were if you were to sub out, I mean, if that's Dak Prescott, I'm moving easily. If that's yep. other quarterbacks, I think we could probably sell it a little differently than 36 year old Kirk Cousins. And what if well, what if his, the what's his trajectory going to be like after next year? Hey, what if the running backs different? What if instead of Walker, let's say it's uh, Jonathan Taylor? Or right. Josh Jacobs. How do you feel about it then? Yeah, I mean, I, I think as a as an aggregate subset, it shouldn't really change anything. If it's really Amon Ross St. Brown instead of a running back, how do you feel about it then? Yeah. I mean, Same sort of concern? Well, just, yeah, because you have to look at the quarterback part. I mean, unless right. I'm going all the way up. Like, unless it's Bijan, unless it's Jefferson or Chase, unless it's, like, you really have to go super high, right? I mean, because 10-team... There's going to be a very finite amount of guys, dynasty value wise, that truly matter at each position, even more so than twelve. So, yeah. Anyway, all right. Let's do a couple of Jonathan Taylor ones here for the non. Uh, did I get enough? Just straightforward. Um, how mainly this is a question of how high would your projection have to be on a twenty-four first to sell Jonathan Taylor for the pick in Superflex? Up three pick. 
Okay. Something so if like it was that. the worst team in the league and they come knocking, they're like, I want Jonathan Taylor. You would do that do that deal on the spec that you know you're gonna I mean, there's already two quarterbacks that have one oh one discussions. You've got Marvin Harrison that would be way up there. Running back class doesn't look great, but things change. Um so you would take the insulation with that top, tough to yeah. get top Russell two or three pick, pick, I would say. Yeah. And then yeah, I think you could pivot off of that if you wanted to. I don't think you need to right. sit there and take Caleb Williams. I don't think you need to right. sit on the but asset. You, but you just you're you're probably more liquid than what the range of outcomes with Jonathan Taylor for the next few months. You're right. Whether he stays, whether he, whether he's playing week one or not. Correct. And then the last one, we have a ten teamer, Jonathan Taylor for Devontae Adams. Jonathan Taylor. Okay. I just think he's a more scarce profile. Again, I like Devontae Adams. I just think Jonathan Taylor's more scarce profile. Yep. I love you actually uh, blended well. One of the things you said during this trading segment was go shop around. You know, you kind of mentioned when you get an offer, and I think we haven't mentioned that in, in quite some time, but we're getting to more active trading season. And you may think when an offer comes in, I have to take it, I have to have an action plan right away. And I wanted to blend that into the life and dynasty lesson learned segment because um, I, I was, we did our cardio challenge. You should go listen. We talked for about an hour, not only about the cardio challenge, but a lot of other <laughs> things um, in after hours. A lot week. of cardio challenge coverage and, over and the last couple of weeks. <laughs> one interesting thing though, was not making our own ceiling. You know, that we always talk about, you know, ceiling outcomes and seeking elite, whether it's your, your personal life or whether it's on your dynasty teams. And we both didn't do the challenge exactly as written on the back of the napkin. And we we did our own versions of what we thought was a challenge for us on that day and for the 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 parameters of our own conditions. And so that was really cool to discuss. But I would also say this, you know, make your own ceiling. You know, what is your own ceiling outcome? You kind of talked about that. Hey, if this Burrow deal is available to you, who's to say it's not available for another quarterback that you prefer elsewhere? So I, I think that control your own environment, which we both did, and also looking at uh, trading from this aspect of don't be afraid to hold that offer for an hour or two, you know, and every once in a while, yes, it's possible they revoke it. But you know what I like to do to hold it? Here's another, this is a, a third level strategy, which is if you're going to do that game and you're going to send it somewhere else, like I, what I always like to say is, hey, I just, I didn't have a, a chance to look at the offer super close, but I'll be home in an hour. You know, I'm driving right now. Like make it out like it's life getting in your way. And then you're just spamming offers. <laughs> like, so I, I, you know, and it could have been someone else sent an offer, like, you know, and you accepted something else in the end game. But my whole point is, I think that buys you time. That if they were thinking about revoking, they'd be like, "Ooh, I think they, they might. They're gonna, they're interested in this one, you know." But they just need to, you know, get get a second to look at it more closely. Um, so anyway, that could be a tactic if you to stall if you are worried about it. But again, I think, but with dynasty trading, you know, you're you're never. Here's the other thing: you're never good enough, right? Like, mm-hmm. like Jordan will never climb the hill fast enough for himself. I don't think, right? There's always one tick faster, right? Yeah. So, so your dynasty team is never good enough. There's always a soft spot, right? Even if you have two stud quarterbacks, what if one goes down? What if you, you know, even if you have two or three good tight ends in a in a premium or start two format, is that enough? Well, you don't know until you get there, to get all the way home, right? Until you start yeah. having a bad year from somebody, a hurt year, uh, a guy that can't score a touchdown to save his life, like you don't know, you don't know when it's enough, and, and so that's the whole thing. That's why you have to seek elite results, like just because you never know how deep into the well you're going to go. That, that dusty part of the cupboard, you know, and that's the same thing when you're really tired, you know, or like 
you know, I, I didn't know if that was going to be a good day for the cardio challenge. I know for Jordan, it was like, it was lining up to be the worst day of the seven days, probably for him to do his cardio challenge. But you know what? He posted. And that's the whole thing of like, you have to perform in whatever little baby athletic ways that, that we have, that those are the conditions we are, we are uh, with today. And I, I just kind of thought it with, with when we get to our teams too, like these teams that like, I had a team that won. It was like last year that it was Miles Sanders and a bunch of bolts at running back. Yep. That is not what you would think. Even for, for our kind of build, you'd be like, Oh, well you got lucky, you know, with some, some good backup running backs that got time for the critical weeks. Not really. No, not really. It was the other guys. I actually had my co-owner tell me it was, it was like George Kittle, George Kittle went off like a monster for these critical weeks down the stretch last year. And for me, I was looking back at the startup draft. I was like, eh, that was kind of a, um a, a blah pick but it was like no that was a critical one for us like yep. he was carrying dragging our teams with big games no premiums start one nothing fancy and it was actually george kittle of all the guys you know that we spent you know that was one of our core picks if you will you know it's just like yeah he's a good player with a big ceiling well guess what that one dialogue point helped out the rest of the team and drug drug us to the critical wins to the i don't know if we got a buy or whatever but all it takes is that one big 30 burger from a tight end. And that's the moment you needed it. For sure. And, and I will say at this point, it's worth sort of noting in terms of teams will start thinking about, well, I can't contend this year. Oh, um, I hate that. God, we hate that. Right. And if there's one thing about like about this show to take away from it in terms of like an overall strategic thing is don't ever do that to yourself. Right. Because you don't know what week one's going to bring. You don't know what week six is going to bring, what week 16 is going to bring as you sit here in August. Right. It's still early August. It's a, right? a lot of things can change. A lot of things it's a can journey. change. This whole idea that you know what your depth chart's going to be and you know you're going to plug and play that for two months straight or you know what you're getting off the waiver wire or what trades you're going to make. Yep. I, I had a deal where it, it felt a little deal with the devil trading for Geno Smith, but I started. I, and I was like, man, I'm I'm light at quarterback. You know, I'm really hanging on. I got Stafford. I got some other stuff. Brady retired on me. Like I, and it's just like, but you know what? I made a trade for Mike White. Who knows how that turns out? I made a trade for Geno Smith. And for one second, I thought to myself, I was like, I'm not super deep. You know, in some of these spots, I was like, you know, maybe maybe it isn't my year. But you know what? That lasted 4.6 seconds because I thought, you know what? What if I believe in Geno? I believe in mm -hmm. what Seattle's cooking and who's to say that he's not going to be just a, a glaring in retrospect by all these jokers saying, Oh, QB 20. Oh, he's not even going to be the starter. Well, guess what? Last September and October, they said he wasn't going to be the starter this year. Here he is with a new contract. They could have drafted a wide receiver. You know what they, they could have drafted a quarterback. You know what they got? Oh, another weapon. They got another weapon. They doubled down on Geno Smith. They tripled down on Geno Smith, frankly. So, Who's to say Geno Smith isn't a glaring buy in these premium formats and it's just laughable a couple years from now? Who's to say that Mike White doesn't start 12 plus games this year? So, or, or Stafford's healthy for me this year. So to say that you should just pack it in, no, no, no. Try to win until, like Jordan and I talk about that. We've had one or two of these years in our team together where we're sitting there and we're like, oh, we're five and seven. Mm -hmm. And it's like, but win two and we're in. Mm -hmm. Why are you going to say no to that? Can you imagine like two weeks before that, just be packing up and, and like, but what does packing up mean? Trading away players that you want to utilize going forward. That means you're not going to contend next year. Right. What are you doing for what right. picks two years out? Okay. Well, you want to trade those picks for players you could start. I don't know. Like it just, 
we're getting to that season that we're gonna have to talk people out of it. We're gonna be like, I'm 0 3. You don't understand. It's a long season to go. It is absolutely a long season pack to up. go. Yeah. Man, it's not redraft, dude. Redraft, I understand. People are one in six and they're like, I'm out. <laughs> Tell Bob I'm not doing the waiver wire anymore. Like in right. your office league. It's just like I I get it. Dynasty team that you're you're building for the future and you're not out of it. Crazy things. Crazy yep. things. All right, that's going to do it this week. Thanks so much for listening to Dynasty Think Tank. Do you want to mention the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank as well over at patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank. Over an hour where we discussed anything and everything with the cardio challenge. Also talked about what is a sport. We talked about soaking up weather season as well as pushing yourself. Uh, and we got deeper dive this week, Jordan. So we've got some topics. We're going to talk about August-centric stuff uh, for you and your Dynasty teams because things are percolating up. It's not boiling. It's not boiling like it will be in mid-September. But things and the new cycle, your waiver wire trading, everyone is going to wake up from their summer slumber. So you want to make sure you check that out over at patreon.com slash dynasty think tank. Also, and just by the way, we've done all our deeper dives in terms of our running back roundup stuff. So that stuff is all, we're getting a little bit of movement now on some of the things, but if you're looking for, you know, how to turn over your roster in terms of running backs, right. In terms of like how to optimize your, your uh, bench and and all of those things, we have it covered for you, right. Hours of content on all of that stuff uh, throughout the summer that I think is still really good and really relevant content for you. So you can get all of that and go back, get all of the content we've done over there at Patreon by signing up now. And basically, we're just kind of setting the table for the analysis you're going to get when we start going through and things live fire where, hey, it's Tuesday through Saturday and I need answers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So that's the type of stuff in season you're not going to want to miss uh, when there's key depth charts and key strategies for these running back depth charts preemptively. Uh, So you can follow us on Twitter at Chad Parsons NFL at McNamara Dynasty. Also, we have our own Dynasty content streams over at analyticsofdynasty.com and uthdynasty.com. So as always, unlock your ceiling and seek elite results. We'll be